Hey, what's up, y'all? This is Spencer Crandall, and this is Why Are We Here? Today's guest is Phil Moore. He's my buddy who's a country music artist. We get into marriage, we get into touring, we get into country music and how you define country music. It's a super fun episode. Check it out. Make sure to subscribe and get into it. Here we go. Why are we here? What's up, dude? What's going on, bro? <laughs> Nothing much. I uh, We were just talking about how I saw you at Whiskey Jam last night. Is yep. that your first show like in a super long time? No, actually, uh, I I did like a cattle arena in like Florida. And a then, cattle arena? Yeah, it's like, I don't know how to explain it. It's a cattle arena, you know? There's like a big awning over the thing. Yeah. And like they, they did up the whole thing and it was thousands of people. That was like kind of, and there was a catwalk and I was like running on the catwalk and I was like, singing and running around like i do and i was like man I, this seemed so much easier in the past now i'm like <laughs> out of shape yeah. in the uh, uh in like the, the singing, singing world, world. Yeah. yeah i was like oh my gosh i need to start running again but anyway long story short uh yeah last night was definitely a first in some ways in a while but um, yeah yeah it wasn't it wasn't the first one back but they're all kind of rolling in now yeah so. dude your live show is great thank you it man. felt awesome dude. i feel like you have to like write music for your live show, like very purposefully, because it felt that way. It was like every song had that like, oh, the the whole crowd's gonna sing this part. Like it just felt great, dude. Thank you, man. Of uh, I think it just sort of started happening that way. I I would assume that maybe my writing has shifted that way because of touring a little mm -hmm. bit, but um, there's just a bunch of songs about girls. I don't think you can go wrong. <laughs> yeah, that and the party stuff. Um, my the first song I ever heard of you was Headlights. Yeah, and I was like, oh shit. I really, really like this. Yeah. And then I felt like it was a couple, maybe like a couple months later or something. And then Scott was like, hey, do you want to write with my buddy Fillmore, our friend Scott Porter, who's now yeah. my roommate? And I was like, dude, I would love to because I just heard this stuff. And I think that was the first time we met, right? Yeah. That's writing. Yep. And then we wrote a song called Fire in the Sand, which I put on my very first like mixtape, the first thing Hell I yeah. ever did when I first moved to town. And yeah, you're just one of the few guys who like, I feel like kind of sits in the same space is me which is like we love country music but we also like want to do it our way and yeah, we like 100%. have this different yeah. version of it which i think is awesome like what is your definition of like country or is that even super important to you like the genre co conversation to me is super tired yeah i think it's yeah. tired and i think there's just too many like there's too many opinions both ways in the genre conversation mm -hmm. I heard it said that way, but that's such like a real thing. And it is tired. I mean, it's just like, it's just a bunch of opinions and it's not like anyone's right. It's just, it's like what makes what. It's all subjective. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and I feel like there's vocal minorities on both sides. These people who are so like, no, you don't understand. This isn't country because, and like, no, you don't understand. It is. It's like, do, do you like the music? Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. It should just be about the music, man. And, and it should just be like, you like it or you don't. Like, Yeah. Oh, 100%. It doesn't matter where it sits. I honestly feel like country now is the genre of America. So it's not necessarily has to be defined by like whether there's cowboy boots or a cowboy hat or your haircut. Mm -hmm. um, I think as much as I want to get rid of this dumb haircut. But what I will say <laughs> is like I truly think that um, just standing out and um, – putting something together that people respond to like the live show stuff. Yeah. I think is the most important because at the end of the day, that is what country music is. Totally. It's something that brings people together just like music does, but it is, you know, it is for, I feel like it's like, it's for the flyover States. It's for everything. It's for, 
It's for the American, I, I truly feel like. Yeah. And so I think that's where the genre is now because rock and roll is really, that was what it was. And now 100%. I feel like country's become that. Dude, I love that. That's a great way to think about it. And I feel like the storytelling is like what I always come back to. Like mm-hmm. my number one dude is Justin Timberlake and I, I couldn't listen to more Justin Timberlake if I tried, but can't stop the feeling like I don't necessarily know what the lyrics mean. I just know they make me feel good. Country, they're, you're telling the story like with the music video as you're hearing the song and that's what your songs do such a great job of like i use you in rights all the time the like sprite through the drive-through sprite tastes better through the drive-through i'm like that's such a great like you see that you feel that you know that versus like she's different you know that i think is the difference of country storytelling versus pop storytelling it's like pop sometimes can just be she's quirky or whatever like your example is like oh shit Everyone knows that girl who claims that this is better than that. And, like, it's such a Americana. If you grew up in a small town, you yeah. know this kind of stuff. And yeah. I feel like you kill that. You crush Thank that. Thank you, man. I, I, I appreciate it. I don't even know what to say back to that. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> of course. Yeah, dude. You grew up in Wildwood, Missouri. Yes, sir. You have a bunch of siblings. Are you the oldest? I'm the oldest of four, yeah. Oldest of four. Mm-hmm. And your brother's on the road with you guys. Yeah. So correct? He's running my sound last yeah. night. So he's my front house. And, uh, yeah, it's just it's a crazy thing. He's starting to grow his hair out now, so he's... Maybe he can take the man bun. He will be the Fillmore with the man bun. Yeah, maybe we'll just switch. <laughs> Do you really want to not have the man bun anymore? Yeah, I've, I've not wanted it for a while, but interesting. Um, it just you know, it just you go to radio and all these things and like all these photos and like everything that kind of just builds around your career, even though the haircut happened on accident. Like just how it all kind of just like you know tumbles into. This. Wait, what's the story behind the haircut and the accident? I have to know. Um, I've never heard this. I was. Uh, I went to Alabama for the 4th of July. Uh, I was at this house party, and I was drinking, and I complained that my I'd been growing my hair out since I moved to Nashville. And uh, I was like, I need to get my I need to cut my hair off. I was like, I can't do it. It's too long. It's so hot. And I was, like, pulling it back, and I was, like, just, like, putting it in a bun because I was, like, just sweating. It was so mm-hmm. hot in Alabama. And I um, get pretty drunk on the 4th of July. <laughs> of course. And then I end up sitting down on a Yeti and they like tied my hair up and these, you know, they're both hairdressers, some of the people there. And I was like, drunk me was like, hell yeah, go for it. (laughs) And they like, they called it an undercut and they like shaved the sides. And then like, I like threw some water on my face and I was like, I feel a million times better because like it's just that. Oh yeah. Made it just like way, you know, way less hot. And, um, and then I like, took some photos with it like on Instagram and like just posted it and like thought it was kind of funny. And then like, it just became like a recognizable thing. And then like, but I always just kind of wanted to get rid of it. Interesting. Yeah. Well, you look great. Thanks bro. Uh, if, if you ever need to transfer the hair, I don't really have hair. Okay. So we'll take your hair. Jeff, what do you think is the possibility of us doing a hair transplant? I will take the man bun. I will carry it. And then you can start wearing baseball hats. I'll donate. We can, I'll like shave it off and then, we can, like, put netting underneath it, and you can, like, wear, like, a toupee. It seems like you have this down. Have you ever? No, I haven't thought about it, but, like, we could do that. I'm in. Yeah. I'm so in. Uh, what, what was it like growing up with four siblings? I'm one of four as yeah. well. Are you, like, does that make you want to have a bunch of kids? Does it make you want to have no kids? Man, I uh, <laughs> I just got married, so, like, the kid thing is definitely happening in the future. I just, I'm not sure when, and, I, you know, I think I've always wanted more kids, but... I don't know. I'm just going to kind of let it see where it folds and what's mm-hmm. going to happen. Cause like, um, you know, I loved growing up with my siblings and, 
but I have all these, you know, these goals and things, and there's never a right time to have yeah. kids or anything like that. So I'll just kind of just see where things, you know. Yeah, I feel like in our industry, like the kid conversation is so different than any other job because yeah. your kids aren't going to grow up like in the same neighborhood doing the same thing every day. Like your kids are going to be on a bus and they're going to be traveling around the country like in little bunks or in these back rooms. Like it's a very different existence yeah, for a kid. I feel like it's a whole nother thing. Yeah. So it's going to be a whole different thing even for like your marriage. I feel like that's a completely different like scenario to get married into. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So. All right, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Talk to me in like a year. <laughs> okay, deal. Maybe What's, I'm pregnant now. I don't even know. Who knows? We don't know. <laughs> we don't know. We cannot confirm. Yes, or what's, deny. What's the hardest part of being married so far? Um, Nothing. It's easy. Is that the year one answer? <laughs> no, that really is the answer. I was trying to say. If like, it's the right it's, person, it should be that. Yeah, way. I was trying to say like that is like funny, but no, it's actually awesome. It's I love that. Nothing really changed. I mean, I, I had a lot of opportunities in um, – quarantine and like covid and everything like that that uh without touring that helped me like stop and be able to like you know knock a couple things out i, I say it like that but um just having the time to where it doesn't conflict with something and so i, was, I got engaged and then months later got married because i was like i don't know how long this pandemic yep. is gonna last but I'm, I'm gonna utilize all this time this free time so that you know if i would have set it for this year and then like you know this opportunity comes up like the brett young tour mm -hmm. and i'm like well, my wedding's on this date. Yeah. Well, then you almost miss out on a whole tour because, like, you have to make it all work. You know, I can't just right. move a wedding. So you kind of nope. have to, like, time it the right way. It's kind of crazy. So COVID was, like, a huge help in that way. Yeah, I feel like there is there was never a better time to get engaged and married and just knock it out. Just get it. Yeah. Not like you want to get it over know, with. But. That's what I said. We keep saying knock it out, but I'm like, that's not what no, we but, mean. But in our, in our line of work, uh, you don't have a lot of time. Or weekends, yeah. That like you can get people together, and so that probably worked out yeah. for the better. Now, did you guys have a bunch of people? Did we have a bunch of people? Uh, yeah, we no, we we had twenty five people. Yeah, that's what I thought. And I thought I saw on your Instagram. It yeah, was like my bus driver key. married us on the beach. That's so incredible. We took the bus down there from Nashville. I had my groomsmen. She had her bridesmaids, and then got married in her parents' backyard, which is like right on the beach, right there. Dude. And so we, Parked the bus there, did the whole, it was a beautiful wedding. The whole thing was amazing. And, uh, yeah, then I did, like, a reception in May on Memorial Day weekend this year. Nice. With, like, family from Missouri and her family from Illinois. So, and we kind of, like, had the video, wedding video playing. And then, you know, we had, like, this barbecue. It's like an I do barbecue. So you did, like, that whole thing. So it was cool. Oh, nice. Yeah. So I love everyone that. everyone got to be kind of a part of it. It was all safe and everything back when. And so nice. That's great. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. yeah. No, that's awesome. Um what made you go with just Fillmore? I was so curious about this and I couldn't find an answer anywhere versus Tyler Fillmore. Like, is it just because there's a lot of Tyler's or do you just like Fillmore? Cause I love the cleanliness. Just like Fillmore. It just feels um, I appreciate nice. Crandall. <laughs> Jeff, can we change to just Crandall? Okay. No. <laughs> no, I, I, yeah, yeah, you're stuck, dude. I'm sorry. Shit, I have to wear hats forever, and I can't be Crandall. Yeah, dude. Oh. What if I got a man bun and I went by Crandall, and I start wearing a beard? Thoughts? I'd quit. <laughs> you can just take it, man. It's all yours, man. I'll start writing songs. You just keep it, keep them. It's all good. Deal, deal. <laughs> um, yeah, the Fillmore thing was just uh, a. It's a combination of everything you kind of said. I was, there's a lot of Tyler's, um, um, but also, like, my entire life, no one ever called me Tyler. 
Hmm. Like sports, all my closest friends, high school, college, my fraternity, everyone just always called me Fillmore. It's like one of those last names that people, instead of calling you Tyler, because there are other Tylers, mm-hmm. like, what's up, Tyler? It's like Fillmore. They just, everyone always just called me Fillmore. Like, I was just Fillmore as a person. So, like, I would respond to Fillmore before I respond to Tyler growing up. And so, like, when it came to the artist stuff, you know, there's different variations of things I tried. Like, there was Tyler Fillmore Band in high school. There's mm. Fillmore as a trio in college, which was like a Rascal Flatts style trio. And then there was Tyler Fillmore when I first moved to town. And then I dropped it to Fillmore um, when I kind of figured out my sound and everything that I was going yeah. for. Because I was like, that's really what everyone's always called me. But, yeah, there definitely is, like, a narcissistic path there to keep my name <laughs> on everything. But I, I it like is it, my though. last name. So, yeah. Yeah, and it's, uh, yeah that's, that's really what happened. I remember... I remember just kind of running it by a couple people, and like it was just, I, you know, you kind of just be like, "Is this what I want to do?" And then mm-hmm. like, it was unanimous, and I was like, "Yeah, do right, it." Yeah, that's that's sick. So, how long have you been doing music then? Man, I uh, I've been doing it. I mean, I you, not on purpose, but doing like choirs and everything like that, like since like fifth grade and on. I mean, like do all that stuff like even before, like you know, they teach your violin in like fourth grade and all these other mm-hmm. things that, that were kind of like a part of the curriculum back then. Um and I just kind of did music because it was there, but it wasn't like I actively was like, this is my dream. Like I played piano and stuff like that and did like little things, but like wasn't like taking it too seriously at mm-hmm. all. Um, I was so much more focused on sports. And then yeah. uh yeah, basically just took a voice scholarship to college which instead of like a sports scholarship like i just everything shifted so much within a couple years Mm -hmm. that's kind of when the greatest things happen is when like you have to remember that like and i always forget that too and that's even happening after COVID for me in some ways but it's like sometimes in the biggest amount of chaos at least in my life and the biggest things like that when things don't go the way that you thought they were going to or how you plan them Mm -hmm. it almost every time in my life at least turns into one of the biggest opportunities and pivot moments of my career or life. Um, and I don't know why it happens that way every single time, but yeah. in, in, amidst the chaos, somehow some little bit of magic happens. So uh, now I kind of welcome it with open arms, but um, it's, I don't know, it's just weird. So like, that's another thing that's what put me on the path to music. And, you know, that's happened with me being independent. That's happened with me being with a label. All these different things happen that somehow with me being so big right now turn into bigger moments. So yeah. It's crazy. No, dude, I love that. I mean, similar with me, like I feel like pre COVID I was like, wow, all of our plans are out the door. And I feel like I, I know that happened with you with some touring and stuff like that. Oh, and yeah. Like what was going through your head when the world was shutting down and you have a song at radio, like all that stuff happening the way that it did take me through that process. I think I just thought like, like everyone else, like it was not going to last as long as it did. Yeah. Dude, so I think seriously. that's, there was no real way to like, you're just kind of like hoping like, hey, it's, it's, it's not going to last this long. So mm-hmm. I don't really know what goes through your mind until like it becomes like a very real thing because like when you plan touring and everything like that, like I don't know if a lot of people realize, but it's like you're six months out. You already know what the next thing is because all of, there's so many things that go into that, the routing that, mm-hmm. you know, your agent has to make sure that, these three dates are next to each other and then they're not 90 miles away, you know, so that this clause isn't touched so you can still go play this venue and 
this for this amount of money and then okay well now this is happening so his money's gone up and so like it just constantly just shifts Mm -hmm. so that you can get out there to see the fans and do all that and keep the business rolling but uh yeah i mean i've had a headlining tour that i've been supposed to go on for the last two years but it's now moved to uh the spring of 2022 yeah well the good news is this fall but then you know i'm on the bray young tour so then it just keeps getting pushed and you're like yeah it's crazy. Well, there are worse things to substitute. Yeah, sorry. For yeah, sure. Yeah, for sure. But no, but I, that's awesome. Um, you've gotten to open up for some sick people. Like I was going through the list. I'm now going to ask you a couple people's names. And you're just going to give me like a couple thoughts on each human. Okay. I'm going to run through some. All right. Ready? Yep. Chase Rice. Badass. I, I, I uh, man, touring with him was just an eye opening experience for me to see like what true fans are mm. like. Like it's not. Like, they're literally there. It doesn't matter your success um, on radio or any of that stuff. They're there because they love your music. They love you as an artist. It's like a cult following. And he really built an amazing audience that, you know, touring with him for a year, um, it allowed me to gain more fans. Because, like, when you open up for someone else's fans, then those fans will latch on to you. Hopefully that's the goal. 100%. And those Chase Rice fans are second to none. So next level. Yeah, that's awesome. What about Brett Young? Speaking of Brett Young, yeah, Brett is uh, just I love that guy. He's uh, you know I was I was his first right when he moved to Nashville. Are you serious? Yeah, what? <laughs> I so didn't know that. I met him at a show at Mercy Lounge. Um, he was opening up for an act, but he was still living in L.A. and he was just playing on acoustic. And I just got his number afterwards because I thought he was awesome. And then. I said, if you ever moved to Nashville, like, I'd love to write. And then, like, literally months later, he was, like, driving from, I, I think, through Texas. I don't know where. And he's like, I'll be there tomorrow morning, blah, blah, That's you want to write? crazy, bro. And then bro. I was like, yeah, let's write. So he just showed up. And then that's just how the whole relationship started. So, like, he's just, a, you know, an old friend, an amazing friend. And uh, obviously, this is our, you know, we've, we, I've played, I've opened shows for him. We've done stuff together. Um, but this is, like, the first big thing that I've been able to do with him. So I'm, I'm really excited about that. Dude, that's going to be awesome. I'm just thankful for Brett Young. So I'll just say thankful. Nice. Uh, Lauren Elena. <laughs> I mean, the funniest human ever. Uh, <laughs> she's, yeah, she's, uh, she's everything that you see. Like what you see is what you get. Mm-hmm. With her, and it's like, it's so refreshing and fun to be around and, and touring with her was absolutely amazing. She has a bunch of amazing fans as well. Yeah. So doing that stuff, like, it's just that's that's another beauty of country music too. Right. So her voice is insane. Her, uh, you know, great personality, all of the above. Just a win. Yeah, a win she seems around. just fun, man. Yeah, she is. She's I just I follow her on Instagram. Like she just seems like good hang. Just a fun human. Yeah, thing. she just loves to like have fun. And yeah. that's like you need more people like that. Hundred percent. What about Walker Hayes? I actually wrote with Walker Hayes yesterday. Oh yeah. Yeah. Did I played Whiskey Jam yesterday. Yep. Yeah, you did. <laughs> yeah, I wrote with him right before Whiskey Jam, and uh, nice. I toured with him top of 2019 and that that's another one of those things where he just has that following Mm -hmm. and it's just insane to watch and be a part of. So like, I feel like I've been really blessed to get on those tours because then it helps build a following for you as an artist. And especially if you're in front of people like that, but yeah, Walker Hayes is, uh, he's, he's honestly just awesome. And he, he, that was very instrumental to my career. And we were even talking about it yesterday when we were writing and, it's just cool to see how everything's gone. And also, his new EP is awesome, dude. Like, it's so good. <laughs> yeah, I love it. That fancy like songs. He has just such a different style. style. Yeah, it's I was, so him. 
I guess like yeah. So my word for him is just like unique, and it's 100%. like it's it's not it's not unique to be unique either. Like he, it's truly who he is, right? And it's pretty awesome to see. Dude, also, I he's got that. a lot of kids. Dude, he's got a ton of kids. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He was the first guy. Pretty cool to see. I saw like, him at a Riders Round, Riders Round at the Bluebird. It was the first round I ever went to, and at the time he had three kids and like a Bieber haircut. And he had, like just had a publishing deal. Crazy. And I remember like he played with like a couple other random people. And it was really good. And I was like, man, I'd like this guy was awesome. Didn't even think about it for like four or five years. I'm like, wait, that is the guy that we saw. My parents are with me. I'm like, holy shit. Like he has come so far. Oh, He's a great, crazy. like, just success story. Like 100 percent I just don't think that people realize how many of those success stories exist in country. Mm-hmm. Because like honestly, like it's almost everyone's path. That like it just goes like this in this town. Oh, dude! I mean, half the people that are you know playing arenas or whatever. I mean, use Brett Young. I mean, he was in L.A. for twelve years before he moved here. Yeah. So I'm doing music. You gotta right. think like that. This is like it's the whole ten year town thing. It's like it's that and then some. Like people, there's no overnight success. It's, yeah. it's just crazy to see how this actually goes. Right. I I talk to a lot of people and they're like, oh, I'm so frustrated. You know, nothing more is happening for me. I'm like, how old are you? They're like 20. I'm like, okay, you have so long. Like, Brett's first single going number one is probably like 32, 33. Like, that's a long time. You can be in this town forever and then have a two-decade-long career after that. That's incredible. And I I love the, like, underdog story. I had heard somewhere that you sold your car to, like, pay for your master's. Tell me about that. Yeah, back so masters are like the ownership of Correct. a song, and uh, that was like back in the day. That's kind of how I got this whole thing started. Obviously, I'm with the record label now, and, and different deals are done and things change. Sure. But like the way that it kind of, you, you have to, you know, make money somehow to funnel the business, and uh, yeah, that's the only. But that's ask- a huge sacrifice. You're yeah. like, you know what? Fuck it, I'm going for it. Yeah. Like, that's going for it. <laughs> yeah, dude. I haven't had a car since. I just realized I don't need one. You still don't have a car? Or I drink too much. Just one of the two. So, yeah. <laughs> just, yeah, just Uber, baby. Yeah. Does your wife have a car? Yeah. There so that's go. perfect. Been, yeah. It's our car now. That That's why you get married, folks. Yeah. For the our car situation. For the our car situation. <laughs> no, I, I love that story because, like, I think a lot of people talk about wanting to make it. But, like, that's the next level of, like... You know what? I really want this. Like yeah. that is it's how bad you want the man. dream. Absolutely, That's like, so true. You've been in town for how many years? Like eight years, nine, nine years? and a half, I think. What's been the biggest change that you've seen, or maybe like what's been your favorite part of the industry changing over the course of a decade? And what's been the part that you're like, oh, this is frustrating. Oh, um, man, I, I, I think. I think there's things that, like, in hindsight, you wish you would have seen coming, but you can never really, you never really know, right? So, I think for me, um, I love the independence and the and the access that it's a double edged sword, but the access that fans have and the artist has, and the ability to basically, if you want it bad enough, you can do a lot of it on your own. You can do it all on your own. I truly believe that. Um, now there are certain pieces of the puzzle that have to come in. Um, like radio and things like that, but I think I think that continues to change, and I think that um, for me, uh, I don't think I change anything because um, it always taught me something new. But mm-hmm. at the same time, it, it's crazy to like. It's just like hindsight looking back. Like I just said, like I I don't really I don't have a great answer for this question. I guess the whole thing is like 
it's just a ride. I don't, I don't even know what to say. Like, I, I, and I don't, I don't even know what is better or worse about any of it anymore. Sure. Well, th- I think maybe what you're pointing to, which I totally agree with, is like, you could say something's better or worse, but like, it's just always going to be changing and it's always going to be different. And you yeah. got to like love the process and really want it and be able to stick it out through crazy things happening or like and a adapt. brand. Yeah. Yeah. Be adaptable. Yeah. 100%. For sure. Um, I feel like your sound is so different. What, what were the, the, the musical influences you had growing up? I know in your town, you basically had like two radio stations, like yeah. pop and country. Mm-hmm. What were like, did you have an iPod? Were you like a LimeWire kid? Like where did this crazy kind of like influences of all these genres come from? Cause you obviously have country and you obviously have a bunch of different stuff, hip hop, R and B, so on. Yeah. Yeah. I dude, I, I, like I don't know if there's an answer for that one either because like <laughs> think of how we grew up though with the access to everything the you know making mixtape CDs I mean I remember one time I was at a bus stop and there's a CD on the ground and I put it in like my Walkman and or like CD player if anyone knows what those are and I literally like played it in the on the bus and I just had found it on the ground scratched up and it like played <laughs> and it like introduced me to like Nirvana and like all this other music that I had like never listened to before and that's how I discovered it like that's why a CD at a bus stop right yeah. And then, there's a million other examples of that. Like, I mean, yeah, we all got on LimeWire. We all did all that stuff. Oh, yeah. Like, just kind of just figuring out, you know, the cool new music, finding stuff before other people could find it. Now you can just go on Spotify yeah. or Apple. I mean, it doesn't even matter now. It's just like you can find anything in two seconds. Yeah. It's so crazy. Um, but I think, you know, obviously influences from your parents and stuff. But, um, yeah, that's just a melting pot of a situation. And I, I think I'm continued... I've continued to be influenced by all genres, uh, even now, even during quarantine, even on my ride home from here. Like, mm-hmm. there's so many cool things people are doing um, that I fall in love with every time. So, yeah, yeah, no, I love that. I, f- I feel like our computer crashed every other week as my brother and yeah, I dude. were on LimeWire, just like tearing down the internet. Man, it's crazy. I feel like we had like, and and it was wild because you go like green day to like tech nine just that's amazing all over the place back to like brooks and dunn and and all that shit and now i think that's a huge part of why we make the music that we make yeah is because we were just exposed to everything i feel like the the cool part about spotify nowadays is like you and i can both have a real shot at getting exposed to millions of our like the people our target audience rather Mm -hmm. like directly and I, i think that is the biggest change that i've liked as I've lived here is when I first came to town DSPs not like they weren't important but they just weren't as big of a player you still had like the iTunes charts Mm. you still had like physical CDs like that was oh yeah which is crazy that's only like five years ago and Spotify was just like oh yeah this new kind of thing like I barely had Spotify as a listener yeah and now I feel like everything we do is to like trigger the algorithms like we talked the other night we hung out and like we're talking about like these strategies of the algorithm and all that, because as an artist nowadays, you have to wear so many hats and obviously you have a team, but like, I think in the nineties, it was like, you sing the songs and we'll put you on stage. It's like now, Nope, you got to write the songs, sing the songs, do your marketing, branding, all this kind of stuff. Like, yeah. Yeah. What's your least favorite part of all of the laundry list of things that you have to do or the thing that you're like, I love being an artist, but I hate doing X. (laughs) <laughs> I love a lot of it. Um, and I don't think I hate anything. I just think that 
some of the time consuming stuff that it, it, it takes away from the writing the song and the performing part is mm-hmm. definitely a lot of social media stuff. Um, and as much as I love the creativity of that stuff, uh, it comes that, that creativity for me in that area, like TikTok and all that stuff, it comes in pockets. It's not like there's some people that can do it all the time and every day. And, and I just, I'm not the best at it all the time, but I, I love cre- creating something that's visually cool and different and, but I overthink everything, so that's why social media mm. is like tough for me because like I overthink everything from every word that I put on the post to like gotcha. that whole thing. So like, are you a perfectionist? Probably, yeah. yeah. So that's probably what messes with me a little bit on the social media front. How does that work with like songwriting? Are you like super particular? Which you should be, but I no, mean, I, I feel that way. I think I let I think I let the room do what it does. Like, and and I love just getting it all out and putting it all together. But I'll edit it later. Mm-hmm. I'm the same way. I'm like. I don't, you don't want to stifle the situation. Correct. There's a momentum, too, in yeah. a writer's room of, mm-hmm. like, if I sit here and try to find this one word, it's going to take the momentum out of the room. I can do this later. Yeah. Or, like, we can do this on a second, third, fourth right. Yep. Yeah. I, I totally feel that. It's like pick and choose your battles. For yeah. Sure. yeah. 100%. Uh, growing up in Missouri, growing up with a bunch of siblings, like, what were some of the things that your parents instilled in you? Or, like, what are some of the... Um, some of the North stars in your life that you kind of think of like when I'm 75 or when I'm 85, like what are the things that you're like, I kind of pointed my life towards these kinds of like mission statements or lessons that I was taught. Is it, does that come from religion? Does that come from your parents? Does that come from like yourself and your experiences? Like, what does that look like? I think it's definitely from just all my experiences. I, I think that's kind of the North Star is like learning from mistakes and, mm-hmm. and learning how to pivot and just be the best version of myself I possibly can be while also attaining the goal. You know, like, the, like what is the goal? I think the goal that I always say is play stadiums, but then it's like after yeah, you baby. play stadiums, like what do you do after that? So it's like finding other purpose, like ways to give back and things like that in the future. And, you know, I think there is something magical about like, what happened yesterday where like the whole crowd is singing back your songs and like I wrote that song and now there's now I'm performing on stage in the middle of Nashville outside and there's a thousand people out there and then they're singing the words back to you and you're like I remember the day I wrote it like all, all these mm-hmm. things I remember what it's about who it's about all that stuff and it's like there's nothing better than that full circle moment um, the best yeah so the bigger that moment can get better but also you know, you got to enjoy the ride. So, yeah, um, I feel like I've been inspired by you. Cause I feel like you, you didn't like wait around for somebody to come and like Jeff and I always talk about this, like pick you up and, and put you on star mountain. Like, I feel like you went and you just were like, fuck it, I'm going to do this. And you put out a ton of music. And I think we share a lot of the same ideology in like, there's not a lot of, there's no such thing as failure. Like it's just learning. Like every release is like, Oh, cool. That didn't work. Okay, here's why. But, but, bam. And just like um, pivoting and and learning from every mistake. And I've I've watched you do that, and it's been super inspiring as a younger, up and coming artist to be like, who are the people who I look up to, who are killing it? I feel like you do that really well, Thanks, which is man. hard to do today. Yeah, I, I appreciate it. I think it is super hard to do, especially today. Like the more the years go by, the harder it's going to get for anybody mm-hmm. um, just to break through all the noise because there's so much noise right now. Dude, so much noise. Like yeah. with the internet and Spotify and TikTok and all this crazy stuff, I feel like it's so hard to break through and like have a moment where you're like, 
this is a thing and it's moving because there's a thousand other people who are right behind you. Like, yeah. how do you deal with, um, how do you deal with failure? Or like, what is your, um, natural response when things like go south? I think, uh, I, th- I think it's just, that's such a hard question. Cause like, I don't know if there's any good way to deal with failure, but I don't know if you know if I look at it as failure, maybe mm-hmm. that's what it is. Like, I don't look at this. I like, I'm sure there's plenty of failure in my life, but when I look back on it, I've convinced myself that it wasn't failure. It was just a necessary step to the next thing. Yeah. So well, for that's some the reason, best way to deal with failure is to disrespect it. Like I feel the same way. I'm yeah. like, eh, like somebody really might think like that I didn't failed. work. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if I've failed yet. And I've definitely like failed. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know what that means. <laughs> no, same bro. I, I feel the same way. I've definitely failed. Um, yeah. So uh, yeah, I failed on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, I, I'm so glad that um, that we have you in here because I feel like we talked the other night and we we have just a very similar like dream and goal and the way that we see the way to get to that goal. Like, what about a stadium? Did you grow up going to a stadium show? Like, why is that the dream? Uh, it's just the biggest thing I can think of. If you got something bigger, like <laughs> no, bro, I'm the same way. Because I would grow up seeing like Kenny Chesney in Mile High. That's like our whole fan club and everything's called like the Stadium Gang. Like yeah. that's our goal is to play a stadium. That's awesome. So one day when I open for you in a stadium, just remember this podcast, everybody. Let's We're gonna go. play this on Jumbotron. Hi, twenty twenty four us. See how yeah. I only gave us a couple years. That's it's pretty gonna be, nice. It's gonna be sick, dude. Can't wait. That's literally. I mean. That is the dream. That's the peak, the pinnacle for me. It's like the thought of everyone in town or in that city, like showing up to one place. Like, I, again, Kenny Chesney's like the North Star yeah, for me. Like, he that's just 100%. he does that summer stadium show so fucking yeah, well. Yeah, it's so cool. It's so cool. I, I feel like I got into music and I was like, okay, what is, I think we both kind of have this mindset. It's like, okay, what's the coolest thing I could do? Okay, it's playing a stadium, and let's go do it. Like, yep. have you always dreamed big like that? Like, did your parents give you permission? Were they, like, super supportive? Where do you think that, like... Because I don't think a lot of people in this industry think that way. Like, I think you and I are outliers. <laughs> I haven't even thought about that. I, yeah, I've just always thought that way. My parents have always been super supportive. Um, I guess I just, you know, and that goes back to sports, too. It's like, if you're going to do it, just you want to you want to go for the biggest best version of whatever that is in my opinion otherwise i I think anything worth doing has to have that type of attraction otherwise you're just doing something to do it and then are you really enjoying it dude i i couldn't agree more i couldn't agree more i the thought of like doing it just to kind of do it and maybe this means that we're like super extreme and we need to go to therapy but i probably yeah i love the idea that like the the hardest craziest thing is out there Mm -hmm. i have one life what the fuck? What the fuck else am I gonna do? Like, yeah. I want to go do it. Yeah, go get it. Hundred percent. Do you have dreams outside of music? Like, obviously, the stadium is the dream. I get really bad at like. Sometimes I forget that. Like, oh yeah, career music stuff isn't the only thing because we have such a big crazy dream. It feels like you have to point everything at it. But like, you're married. You uh, love fashion. Like, what do some of those other um, aspects of your life look like in in a life well lived scenario? Great question. Um, it's not something you always think about or think about that often. So, honestly, I mean, 
I, yeah, you really only focus on getting to that biggest pinnacle moment. Um, everything else seems like it's a part of that, still a part of that journey to get to that moment because that's mm-hmm. what I'm pointing all the focus at. But with that moment comes things that I, you know, I love to dabble in like fashion and things like that. And um, uh, there's other creative outlets that can come from the success of still that North Star. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I definitely want a family and I love being married and I like, I love my life. It's, it's amazing. Um, but you know, we're all still focused on the, on the greatest goal, but Mm -hmm. I'm not going to, it's, it's that or nothing. I'm not doing anything else. So I mean, I I made that decision a long time ago. Yeah. So that's it. I feel like the people that do it though, like that's the only way to do it. Like you can't, you can't have a plan B and I know it sounds super cliche, but it's like, you can't play a stadium and also like i don't know enter side job here like yeah. there's one hustle yeah that's that's it that's how i feel yeah that's how i feel too man i feel like the stadium is such a big goal again i like um i get really caught up in it and in today's day and age like i do a lot of comparison and it's something i've asked a couple other people on the show like how does your mental health work with like comparison instagram like that culture of nashville watching other people get a tour slot, watching other people get a radio thing, watching other people get the record deal before you did. Like, how did you deal with that? Or did you deal with that? Or I don't know. I, I, I mean, I, I don't think anyone deals with that. Well, um, I don't, I don't either, but I, I feel like you also just, I don't think I ever really talk outwardly about it. It's something you kind of just see and you just like, it, it might fuel you to beat that system or figure out how it's done. I like figuring out how, said comparison got to you know beating me out or something like that Mm -hmm. because learning the path of why helps me go get go get it for myself yeah Uh, i think um yeah comparison sucks um a hundred percent but i mean that's like what our whole culture is revolved around right now so yeah that's all it is i mean and 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 uh, it's just kind of understanding it and just doing the best you can every day and hoping that whatever lucky streak someone else got, you know, hopefully when, yeah. when your lucky streak comes just to grab it as hard as you can. And yeah. Take it. Well, I feel like you're good at championing other artists though. Like I've seen you take other people on tour, you shout other people out with their music. And I feel like that's Nashville too. Like LA kind of has the like me versus you kind of like New York, some of these other industries yeah. too, like acting or whatever. I feel like Nashville's cool because like you and I are not in competition. In fact, it's the exact opposite where it's like, no, we're this little family and we're all going to run into each other at red door. So you got to learn to love these people. You got to learn to root for them. You got to learn to like, um, stop comparing yourself to everyone. And I I actually think that Nashville is pretty good at, um, even though there's still some comparison, like overall, Mm -hmm. I feel like we're better at lifting each other up and like, not like Jeff and I always use this analogy of like, um, you can build the tallest building without knocking down anybody else's building. Like yeah, you, you can sure. be, you can be everything you want to be and not have to like take down somebody else or compare yourself to anybody else's building, which I think is a very Nashville country music thing. It's yeah. like a family. Yeah. I, I think it's country in general. Yeah. I think it's uh super supportive in a lot of ways. I don't know who's supporting people sometimes just because they think it's going to help them out, but people, people have all their own reasons for why they're right. being supportive. But I think it's, definitely a better way to be no i i completely agree um do you have any like thing that you subscribe to religion um like 
spiritual guidance? Like, do you have anything that you go to when you're, I'm super fascinated in like literally the the name of the show is called, why are we here? So like a big part of why I want to have these conversations is because I want to ask people who I'm close with or that don't usually get asked these kinds of questions. Like, why the hell are we here? Cause I'm always freaking out and having these existential crises. Like, um, do you have any like authors or books or spiritual practice that like you go to when you're feeling anxious, when you want to celebrate, like anything like that? Really don't. No, I know that sounds awful um, and not healthy. No, not at all. Uh, but um, yeah, I mean, I'm not the most religious. Um, I've tried things in the past and stuff, mm-hmm. but I think there's just like just kind of continuing to like work through whatever issues I have. That's what kind of keeps you busy. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of I just keep my focus on like that end goal and everything else kind of just falls falls in behind. I mean, anxiety and all that stuff. I mean, if I had to curb that, it's probably a beer. So <laughs> that's probably, you know, reason I drink. I mean, put that on. That's a great title. <laughs> anyway, so okay, we'll write that together yeah, later. That, reasons I drink. Oh, I might have written it. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but uh, no, the, you know, I, I think everyone has their vices, but um, yeah, it's everything in moderation, but also just trying to, I don't know. I don't know about, I, mean, I might get more religious. I, you know, I've, I've gone back and forth different things. I just feel like there is a path that I'm on and I think I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And as long as things keep working out, I feel like I'm doing it right. So yeah. that's really, that's the only guy in light at the moment. Yeah. I, I always ask cause like I have no fucking idea. Like the whole point of this show for me is um, obviously to have great conversations and like hang with people. I don't get a normal hang with, which I'm glad that you just, got to stop it and like we actually just got to chat because yeah, we're always on the road or always playing a whiskey jam and so it's like always in passing and so it's good to just hang and I also feel like there's a next level conversation that like I could have had the show just be called like this is why we're here but I like that it's why we're here with a big old question mark because I have no fucking idea <laughs> it's so confusing dude I do. and I, I, I grew up super like conservative and religious and all that stuff and as I get older I'm like I don't know if all this is right I don't know if some of it's right I don't like it's so fucking confusing. There's like 900 religions and yeah, it's just a lot. It's dude, a lot for me. It's crazy, dude. Yeah. It, it, I watch other people like be so convicted sometimes about their beliefs and I like wish that I could be. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, I mean, I, I, yeah, I, I, I have those people in my life. I, I see that stuff, but it's like, yeah. man, I don't know. And I, I also don't like, I'm not someone to put my beliefs on anybody else either. Everyone's got their Same. thing. My thing is just like, I like Coors Light, you know? <laughs> Fillmore, Coors Light, a religion. Coming to your town soon. <laughs> Why I'm here, Coors Light. <laughs> now we will get a sponsorship from Coors Light. No, this is uh, this is great, man. I'm so glad that you stopped in. Um, I'm just a fan. I really am just like, there's very few people in the industry that I see what they're doing. And I'm like, yeah, that that is like exactly how I would do it. And I feel like every chance that you get you take a chance and you do something unique and original and it's just really cool to watch. And I'm just, I'm proud of you as a friend from afar and from near. I'm just, dude, I'm proud of you, man. This is such a cool show. I Thanks, love man. everything you're doing, dude. I'm so pumped. I mean, uh, you know, I'm excited to hear some new music too. And Thanks man. Yeah. I'm, I'm, we'll talk more after this, but I'm just, thank you for having me, man. Of course. Yeah. Of course. We love you. We appreciate you from why we're here. Uh, thanks everybody. Peace. Slater. 
All right, that's another episode of Why Are We Here? I'm your host, Spencer Crandall. Thank you so much for watching. If you don't already, make sure to subscribe. Give it a big old thumbs up on YouTube. Super helpful. We love you. We appreciate you. Uh, we have a bunch of awesome guests set for season one. So stay tuned, and we'll see you next week. Bye.